This is Dan Jurgens, and if you want to have a good time, keep listening to the Krypton Report. Hey everyone, Tyler here to let you know that Southgate Media Group has a Patreon. That's right. Starting just $5 a month, you get extra content for all your favorite podcasts on the network. You can listen to Patreon-exclusive shows like This Week in Geek, hear interviews with the podcasters of the network. So just go to www.patreon.com slash Southgate Media Group. We are constantly releasing exciting and new things. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Jason J. Lewis, the voice of Superman on Justice League Action. This is Mark Wayne, writer of Superman Birdwhite, and you're listening to... The All Things Kryptonian podcast, including Superman and Supergirl. We discuss games, movies, cartoons, TV shows, and comics. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Welcome to the Krypton Report. It is time, fellow listeners. I, Superman Tyler, the blue guy, with my partner in crime, the red Superman himself, Mr. James, I have large muscles and I'm B.A. Cole, are taking on the last four issues of All-Star Superman. We kind of took a month off. Uh, just <laughs> things didn't quite go as planned as I had thought. So um, <clears throat> we... <laughs> But we have a special coming up here in July is our goal where we're going to review the film as a crossover episode. So we wanted to go ahead and finish up the book. So we're jumping in here with issues 9 through 12. So strap on your Kryptonian garb. And let's jump into episode 9, Curse of the Replacement Superman. Now, James, let me ask you a quick question. This is grammar related. Um... If you were to say you were to meet, say, Brandon Routh and Tyler Hecklin at the same time, on the same day, were you re- were you meeting Supermans or Supermen? Uh, su- See, I got in a conversation because I'm like, it would be Superman, right? Yeah. But then, but their name is Superman and there's more than one. Like if I, like if you walked up and there was me standing next to Tyler Hecklin, it'd be Tyler's. So, it's one of those fun things. People are probably going to message like, you're an idiot. But whatever. Okay. So, starting off, I, I I don't know if we've commented on this. I really, one thing I appreciate about this book is I like the layout. The simplicity of, like, the, the panel grids. Like, the first one up here, we have the tent, something coming, crashing, the men running over, and then there's Superman. You know, saying, I'm sorry I startled you. And clearly destroyed something. Yeah. And then, you know, the next pan- the next page is... Oh, no, that's the rocket came in on. My bad. <laughs> the rocket he came in on from Bizarro World. But yeah, I had to go back. Yeah, Bizarro World. The uh, chapter... It's been a while on. since we read, read issue 8. Yeah, there's, it's been a while since I read issue eight because if I, when I reread this, if I wasn't reviewing, I would skip it because I'm not a bizarro person. Um, though he has his moments, don't get me wrong. So we have Superman flying back to Metropolis, and he makes a comment about, I hope I'm not too late to repair the damage caused by the bizarro invasion. And the men say, hasn't he heard about the replacements? And then he sees that everything's been taken care of 
And he says, it's the architecture like my native planet. <laughs> and we see these like Kryptonian things or looking around the daily planet. And we have Kent show up at work. It's been two months. And what do you think about his excuse for not being there, James? His, uh, or Perry's like, uh, Kent, where you been? And he's like, two months. Wow. I got trapped in my bathroom during the Bizarro invasion with an, uh, with three unopened Thanksgiving baskets and the complete work of Shakespeare. Fortunately, Superman heard my cry for help. How does that make you feel? Trapped in a closet. Like. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm <laughs> just one of those ridiculous uh, uh, excuses that we've gotten from Superman for decade I, I just they're just like what um yeah i don't that's it's just one of those things um in the movie it almost makes more sense when he says he's trapped underneath um like jail really? during the cave-in and there was a bunker or something food and stuff yeah, that, that makes a little bit more sense than three yeah. un, three unopened Thanksgiving baskets. Okay, what was in your Thanksgiving basket, man? That sounds pretty dope. Even then, like, I don't know if it would keep for two months. So, anyways, Clark, lame excuse. Replacements, he sees the paper. We have a volcano. And we see people working on the volcano. They're standing inside the fire. Um, we get a quick reference here that I missed the very first time I ever read this book where he says to Lilo, when did your eyes become green? They seem more dazzling than ever. Uh, they say, you know, the powers they've inherited, this will be the capital of new Krypton. Um, and then we have Superman showing up. And they're very like, did you hear something? And Superman's excited to meet them. You know, he says, bar L and Lilo. Okay, so this is bar L. That's supposed to be a descendant or a relative of his. Why does he have a different crest on his, like, chest? I don't know. Um, I mean... The first astronauts from the planet Rift space. Um, I mean, I. It, but he said he only says for decades too. So, yeah, because they say I remember Jarrell, a young, infectious dreamer. So I mean, that's not too much of a time displacement, you know. Um, like if they had been like, like past descendants of a distant time would have made more sense um, for the different appearances and everything. But the yellow and purple and they're definitely snooty. I've always kind of liked the idea of 
that the Kryptonian culture had gotten to the point where they had become very snobbish. Very oh, yeah, I feel absolutely superior. And, you know, that was part of their hubris that brings them down, and Jarrell recognized it in himself. Like, part of why, like, um, you know, a lot of times they depict, you know, the capsule was just big enough for the baby. It was a, for an infant, it was experimental. But, you know, the idea that Jarrell and Lara couldn't go with him just because they still represented that, that past hubris, that, that society that needed changing, you know? Uh, and I, I always kind of like that because it seems like everyone you ever meet from Krypton is, except for Cal, and then sometimes Kara, like they've depicted Kara more, or Kara, more aggressive, is usually like this. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's extremely classist. Um, you know, we've seen seen many depictions like on Krypton. Our our um, rank they have superiority and position above others. Feel makes them feel superior and snobbish that people are them. Which these characters very much do uh call calling apes calling humans apes, primitive subhumans yeah and i mean what's crazy is this is the type of people they were becoming before they even got their power you know like it's funny because like I, what was i listening to listen to um episode of digging for kryptonite and they were reviewing the superman 2 and what was funny was they make the joke about it's funny because there's the line of dialogue from ursa about look at them they need machines to fly and it's kind of like until about 10 minutes ago so did you like <laughs> you're, act, you're acting as if you've always had these amazing powers right but, but that's not the case at all <laughs> So it's just it's just kind of funny, you know. Um, but anyways, there's this great line that Leela gives of, uh, "You could have built a new Krypton in this squalor. You could have laid the foundation stones for of tomorrow." And then Superman says, "That's not fair. What right do I have to impose my values on anyone?" And I think that's a big. That's something big about the character. Not putting him his thoughts, his beliefs on somebody. And then we have them back at the fortress with that big door with his crest on it. You know, this, this book feels just as an overhaul reading through it. It feels very modern silver age. If that makes sense. Yeah. If you were continuing the silver age for today, I feel like this is the book you would get. Even though this book is how old now? <laughs> <laughs> right. It still feels very hot. Yeah. But anyways, continuing. They're at, they're in the fortress and we see that they've pretty much taken over. They've replaced the statues of Jarrell and Laura with statues of themselves. They begin, you know basically putting Cal down for not taking care of the people in Candor. 
and he, it's all about making Krypton live again. They look at the Phantom Zone. They talk about even the criminals in the Phantom Zone. Where is it? Right here. Evidence more natural nobility than the greatest of the human apes. You should be ashamed. And, you know, Superman basically like, I hope that you had been, you would have been able to replace me, but I don't think you have the best interest of this planet at heart. And then, of course, they say, you betray your heritage. And they start fighting with him. And Superman's kind of getting whipped. And they they fight. And I didn't catch this the first time. They basically throw him and crack the moon. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of my... Uh, it's one of my more favorite parts of... And one of my one of my more favorite parts of uh, the film mm-hmm. uh, is, is when they throw him at Kraken. In the book, you know, in here we got them taking bridges, literally like all the planets bridges, using them to staple the two have <laughs> back together. It's crazy. Which is pretty insane. Looks like it's got a big scar across it. All hail, new Krypton. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's uh, interesting. I don't think I've seen it before. I saw something the other day of um, uh, Man of Steel because it's cracked on Krypton. Vision of the Earth era is cracked. There as well. Never seen that before, so I have to check it out. I have to check that out too. Thank you. Well, because that's the because the Kryptonian moon Jaxer destroyed. Mm Hmm. That's why destroyed on on Krypton. Yeah. So very interesting. (laughs) That is very interesting. But that's insane that that they could throw Superman. His, his dense structure to break. Yeah. That's that's one of the things in All Star that makes it very silver. Powers the are, yeah, the physics and the powers are just. Exponentially greater, and I like that. I mean, I like when the powers are powerful. You know, um, <clears throat> I recently. Well, it's nice re- when it's nice when you got Grant Morrison very good off. It's nice yeah, when, when you got Grant Morrison right. So these these abilities that are basically godlike. Um, yeah, and. Um, but he made, but he writes Clark Kent so, um, so humble, and and he writes uh, his his uh, morality, the way he was raised, his goodness, so well, and so down to. That's why his. Super- uh, I mean, I like his Superman. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just weird that uh, 
the story. I don't know. Like I said, there's things in this that I like, and there's things I'm just kind of like, hmm. Uh, his clerk, I like how he's always clumsy, but every time he does something, it's like to save somebody. I think that's kind of cool. Um, right. I do think it's interesting. So we're back at the Daily Planet, and Jimmy is like wearing, you know, basically Kryptonian-looking things, and <laughs> it's like, why did it take Jimmy this long to decide to wear these over top of his like pants? Like you, if he's Superman's best pal, I kind of feel like he would have been doing this before, right? Well, especially this Jimmy. Jimmy does all kinds of stuff, um, and and other iterations Jimmy has have well, but uh, yeah, his his Kryptonian uh, overpants belt count. Now I do like if you look at the previous page, Superman has a bloody nose, and when Clark shows up here, he has a bloody nose. There's a very smooth transition continuity going on there. And then, of course, Lombard comes up, sets Clark on fire, and laughing, and he causes Lombard's hairpiece to catch on fire. And, <clears throat> and then we have the two Kryptonians outside, and Clark kind of goes running and tells Jimmy to hit his signal watch. And they're talking to themselves. And basically, like, they can't believe he's hiding like he is there. And then Lilo starts to fall. And Clark catches, or Superman catches her, and Barrel lands hard. And he's trying to talk to them. And basically, he uses his vision to see that while they were traveling, um, they were exposed and their bodies are basically turning to kryptonite, the minerals in their bodies. And that's why he was so weak fighting them. Lilo goes blind. Barrel goes blind. And Clark, Superman, is still trying to help them. And basically he takes them back to the fortress. He's trying to help them. He says, my earth parents taught me respect for my elders. They're not all barbarians, Barrel. Barrel basically apologizes. You have a nice moment of Barrel and Lilo saying they will do it together. And they're going to be basically deatomized and sent to the Phantom Zone. And Clark Superman says the Phantom Zone will have some law and order at last. And then the last page is. Lilo and Barrel standing in the Phantom Zone looking at the Phantom Prisoners. Yeah, that, uh, that, I like fine. So, overall, what did you think of this issue? Um, I mean, it's one of my, it's one of my more favorite shoots, um, <clears throat> from the series, especially coming off of, uh, Zaro books. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely it definitely brings it back. Huh. Art Superman. Uh, uh, hope that the replacements would be you know, that they that they would be good that Bar L good um you know, the way he raised how it's not it's 
it's not is um he's not can't there's no reason why it uh, has to enforce his will you know mm-hmm. says that he is he is a scientist son and that uh observes and learns and not to interfere too much I think it goes to show you more and more that Superman as a character and as a person, he is kind of a, he is one of a kind, you know, he's not really finding anyone else that could replace him. Like there isn't anyone because he is unique as who he is. Um, Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's part of his, his problem is he wants to find somebody that's going to, that could take over. And unless he kind of trains them, there isn't anyone that could just take over for him. No, there's not. Um, and, and that fact, you know, stepping outside of the book is, that's actually something that um, it's, it's coming up very soon. In our content, which is going to be so good, but we'll talk about that when it actually comes out. But we, we for both sure, are, both are big fans of Tom Taylor. Now, for the most part, this issue ten is my favorite for the most part. Um. It has some very good parts in it, has some meta parts and some huh parts, but overall, I think this one's my favorite. I, I, I love the cover art kind of of Superman with the world. So let's jump into episode 10, Never Ending. Now, I do want to say like this would be a very interesting if you could do it like a Superman miniseries. A twelve episode miniseries, with each hour of the miniseries being, you know, one of the books, just because the way this is considered, they say episodes on it. it could be something really cool. It says seven o two a.m. We have <coughs> school bus. It looks like an Egypt. Superman at a children's hospital, talking to a nurse. She says. I've never seen them so excited. God bless you, Superman. Your visits are the, some of the some of them have to look forward to. I think they took took a bunch of sick. That's what I thought. That's what I was going to say. That's what I thought it was too. Yeah. I love like we see him basically creating his last will and te- testament. But it's interesting because that he's doing it in Kryptonian. It's being etched in a tablet by a machine that reads his thoughts. And all I can say is how awesome it would be if I could write by something just reading my thoughts. Right. That would be amazing. Um, I didn't really see about the cover. It's this, this cover actually encapsulates this issue so just the, what Superman is putting down his last 
Testament and everything doing um, for in this issue, it encapsulates the the reverence that's just looking on her. Yes, it also explains something that we'll get into in the issue itself. Um, I do like the just the art of like Superman sitting on like the throne looking thing. Looking so where 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 the the machine that he puts on his head to read his thoughts is almost like a crown, and you have this very weighted looking king. Um, he's sweating. Something about his time running out. And then the next page is this is kind of it's very interesting because I always have this like weird like love hate with Kandar Kandor. Um. Because it's still like it's a city that's still like surviving somehow in this bottle. You know, everyone's living and alive. I know in some well depiction, on Brainiac's yeah, in, in some depictions on Brainiac's ship, he is responsible for the sustenance of all of the bottled cities. Yeah, and and some of them they're like frozen in time. Uh yeah, yeah, some they are. Uh, I actually huh. prefer that method. They're not like miniaturized or like encapsulated and frozen. Because um, we have Dr. Quantum. Quintum. Quintum, I believe. Quintum. And he's being shrunk down and sent into the city to talk to them about a proposition they have. And <clears throat> so while that's going on, Superman has this interesting part where he's talking about, I had to know what a world without Superman would be like. So I had to create one. He calls it Earth Q. And it's like this square looking thing that's a complete universe without him. Um, and I'm just kind of like, huh. If he, it's one of those things like, if he has that ability to do that kind of science. There's a lot of other things I feel that he could have been accomplished. Uh, so I'm, it's, it's like, how smart do you make Superman? You know, he's not supposed to interfere in some comics with human evolution or whatever. But at the same time, dude, just your presence being around changes humanity, period. You couldn't have cured cancer. Like, you can make a universe, but you can't, like, fix some sick kids. So right. just, just let I me mean, out there. A lot of that, yeah. I mean, there's stories like Superman say the where he talks about trying to cure cancer. Can't stop things like that from happening. Yeah, we got like tired person, but he hasn't, you know, cured cancer, done things like that. I mean, one thing, one thing that weighs on. Shoulders, that amount of power. You're all that. What is that? Mm-hmm. And that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculously hard to think about, like what what that would do. Uh, <clears throat> so. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's, it's hard change. And life expectancy got long less disease 
as it is. It's too much sometimes. Yeah. And we won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then we see him like save a train, you know, people talking. Um, and we find out there's a giant robot running through the city. Die, Superman, die. It has Lois. He attacks it. Uh, he, we find he's on some some wild electronic goose chase for Luther. It's barely a story, Superman. The guy has Alzheimer's, and basically, she puts herself in harm's way just because she wanted to see Superman. And the one thing about this book that I'm not a fan of is just there's some great lines that he gives to Lois, but all in all, like their relationship in this book is. It's, I don't know. I don't like it. It's weird. Um, they're, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're hard to have both led. When tells her that it's Clark, that, that Clark is none of them. Uh, like, she, she doesn't believe at this point right here. She's, she's still safe. And she, I told us. Yeah, she doesn't believe him at all. Yeah. And, and the other thing is we found out that it was Dr. Quintum that told her that Clark was uh, Superman, gotta, gotta keep it straight, is dying because of the solar radiation overdose. And he is basically like, sorry, it slipped out, Superman. It seemed wrong that you should bear this alone. And Lois, like, you can't die. I know you'll find a way out of this. Promise me you'll always find a way. One of the things that I like is this next panel where it's back to him, you know, putting his last will and testament. And this, the dialogue where it says, as she spoke, I watched 30,000 dead skin cells scattering like confetti, like promises, like the dust of dead stars. And he says, our biology is, in, is completely incompatible. We can never have children, never have more than this. There's always a way. That's what you always say. And, you know, as I read this, I thought more and more like how much of an Elseworlds tale this is that we're dropped into. You know, I don't like we don't have any kind of like before this story point, you know, so their relationship is the whole history of the Superman. This it's just kind of weird, like. We have this Dr. Leo Quintum that we've never seen or anything till this book, but he's like so important to Superman. But the next page, because we hear Superman hears a bunch of different things, says, I have to go, Lois. Someone needs me. The next page is probably the best page in a single book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, in, and I, yeah, in a single book, like any single book, um, which, you know, and you kind of went over it is when he stops the train, there's the, in the next panel down, there's a guy on the phone. I got held up. No. No, don't put the phone down. Just stay in the apartment. Yeah, I was going to jump back there, but yeah, good call. Yeah. Well, you okay. Be, no. That's why James and I work together. Well, I, I knew we were coming up to it too, so I wasn't going let it, to let it slip before we got there. Yeah. I, I mean, I just wanted to 
till we got to the page just because there's all that other stuff that happens in between. If, and if you're not kind of reading the flow of it, you could get lost. But, you know, we have this girl on top of a building. In the first panel, she drops her phone. She's standing there. You know, eyes are closed. And the next panel is the same thing, but Superman's behind her and he just says, your doctor really did get held up, Regan. It's never as bad as it seems. You're much stronger than you think you are. Trust me. And then she's just crying in his arms. I really wish that this was more like another page or something. Um, Cause I think it's, it's, it's just super powerful. And like, it's one of the elements of this particular episode that I like. Well, this paid series panel, the, you know, people have posted comments on, on how much it's helped them. And they felt in the same place as Regan. Exactly. And that's why this book is my favorite part of the whole thing for this one page. These five panels of pure Superman perfection. Uh, the next page is the Kandorian like, Council. And we have a special team. Three five of the Candor Emergency Corps have a plan to save him. You will lead us as you once did, Van Z. <clears throat> now, we see Superman um, repairing the bridges. Then we see Earth Q. At 11.59 and 59 p.m., the people of Earth Q are doing cave paintings. Um, 3.27 Superman is basically breaking down his, he's looking at his hand, breaking down his DNA code. The next panel is Earth Q. It's now building tools and statues. And the last panel starts another great part of this book where he says, you won, Luther. I'm dying. The world is yours, at least for the three weeks you have left before your execution. Superman says, it's never, it's not too late to put that brilliant mind to work. Lex, I know there's good in you. And they kind of are staring at each other. Lex spits on the glass. Earth Q yeah, now the, has um, philosophy. The, uh, yeah, we talked there. It's the thing that we've seen from there in the past. Believes that Superman is back, and that uh, they were better without him. All the that's all the things Sid would have done to finish if I had been. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's really good. It shows shows like it helps to show he really is. He just well, made it still piece. doesn't benefit. Yeah. He just needed the excuse for not being everything that claims to be. Or an excuse for the reasons why he didn't do it. You know? Well, he didn't do it because it didn't benefit him. Exactly. <clears throat> now, Earth Q has philosophy and intelligence and talks about paragons. And then we see Superman with this orb and 
I'll be honest right here. I didn't quite understand what was going on right here when I first read this book. Did you? Um, I mean, the, the character in the globe looks kind of reminiscent of the other Bizarro character. It's the anomaly there, but he didn't talk like that. He talked normally. Um, and so, no, I, I don't, I don't know what this was about. I mean, except for the fact that it's a solar intelligence system that yeah. has been preparing for Solaris. That's literally all I got from it. I'm not sure where it comes from. Yep, it's okay. So we're both lost. Awesome. Okay. See, <laughs> that's that's exactly my point. Sometimes with Grant Morrison's writing, is you're like. And then, so 11.20 p.m., my eighth challenge is on its way, almost completed, my new costume. And then, basically, we have um, 4.30 p.m., Dr. Quintum and Superman are on Mars. He says, here, they'll be as powerful as I am, but still far enough away from human culture to ally the fears of Counselor Zora and others like her. Why didn't I trust them enough to ever think of this? He says, these remarkable people outlive the planet Krypton. They maintain the best of their culture in urban sink conditions that would have driven an Earth population insane. I'm thinking of something else, aren't I? Maybe Superman Unbound? Shrinks Candor? Yeah, he he try yeah he tries to in that one. Okay, he's in, uh, he's I, in Candor. So I don't I I just I seem to think I recalled in this book that he um untrunk Candor, but it, it doesn't look like it's the case. It's like unbottles Candor on Mars because Kryptonians survive there. Uh, this and then with the power they get from the sun but they're still so small (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they talk about more about Superman talks about more about uh, his DNA and how they've tried to clone him and it's never worked and he said you told me you've always been frustrated by your inability to read my DNA code are you saying you entrust the responsibility of your genome to me I could be the devil himself for all you know, Superman. And he says, I'd like to think I'm a better judge of character than that professor. I finally copied the entire 8 billion letter sequence into a book, along with instructions on how to combine human and Kryptonian strands. This is how much I trust you, Leo. So right there, okay, and this part right here goes back to the earlier parts that we saw. Where he's using his his gla- his looking glass thing, and he's talking to Cal Kent of the future, and Lois makes the comment of how he looks like her grandpa or something, and yeah. then we have and then we have the other time traveling Superman when they're at uh, Smallville, and their descendants of him. Well, yeah. inside these inside the files, one of them has S Shield 
and then the other one has crowd that she that exactly in an early issue. And that's how his descendants have Lois's family in them. Now on Earth Q, we have philosophy. Basically, it looks like kind of Nietzsche. Behold, I teach you the Superman. Um, we turn the page and we find out that 6.45 p.m. that those crypt, those Kandorian special forces people are inside him literally fighting his blood cells. He's fighting says, to keep his, his white blood cells together. <laughs> yeah, he says, even yeah. with our incredible speed and stamina, we still can't prevent your white blood cells from committing suicide. After all of you done for us, we failed you. And he says to him, uh, <clears throat> he says, I didn't think you'd be able to save me, but human diseases would be no match for your knowledge and power. Am I right? Microscopic Kandorian super doctors could cure anything. Uh, and we see him back at the children's hospital. And he says, I brought some friends to meet you. And like he opens his hands and they come flying out. And my line is, I just dropped by to tell you all I might not be able to make it next week. But don't worry, you'll all be going home long before that. <clears throat> so I was like, that's awesome. Curing sick kids. There you go, Superman. Finally. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, also it's kind of. It, it's it's a tad different, you know. Um, I mean, he's got these these people here to save. A, maybe not everybody, but certain certain uh, the kids from the beginning of the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they could literally go in and like microscopic surge destroy. Any any of the harm cells from from disease, cancer cells, metastasizing that type of stuff. And then the last page is where it's super meta. It's eleven fifty nine fifty nine p.m. on Earth Q, and we see uh, an office building. It says, "I really think this is it. The third time, lucky. This is the one." This is going to change everything. And it's them drawing the original Superman. So, yeah. <laughs> the Superman created the world where Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, Schuster invented Superman. <laughs> so, so we basically live in Earth Q. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what it seems. <laughs> yep. And then we see him finish up at 11.49 p.m. He says to Clark Kent, I leave you the story of the century, the headline of the century. And then it's Lois looking at her computer and says, Superman Dead by Clark Kent. And then <clears throat> episode 11, Red, Red Sunday. So this one starts with Luther being executed in the electric chair. We have people taunting him and talking to him. They flip the switch. Luther doesn't get killed. All of a sudden, shoots out heat vision. Stops a bullet. Breaks down. And 
we cut to Superman in the fortress. Um, he's we see you know him with his robot. He's weak, and he's talking to his robot about just the care of the fortress, about all those things that he's done. We get a Batman reference, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, he talks about staying alive long enough to complete his final tasks. Uh, and he goes, you know, he's, he's quoting Lois where he says, there's always a way. And he's like taking his shirt off because we have his new costume. But this is what I thought was interesting. Just going back to before Lex has this weird niece <laughs> that's definitely just out of nowhere. Hmm. He, he right. comes he comes crashing in and he says, I have his superpowers for 24 hours. Um, the serum I could have, I could have invented. How's your mom mad at you? Blah, blah, blah. She says, when do I get some serum, some serum? He says the day I can trust you with the family car keys. So we see their plan. We see how quickly Lex is building robots and he goes out into the outside to find that, like you said, Solaris, who's been working with Luthor, turns the sun and the skies red. And Superman's putting on his special new white suit. And it's kind of cut back to the final will and testament that we had seen previously. And then we see that all of the robots, but one, is coming with him to fight Solaris. He tells him what frequency to put down, to adjust. And they go flying to take it down. You know, he says, Solaris is basically like, uh, you'll never be powerful enough in my red sun. And... He says, when you are dead, I will replace the sun in the sky. And all the robots are getting destroyed and they're fighting. <clears throat> Superman brings out his sun eater. You know, that awesome pet that he had in the fortress. And he's punching Solaris as the sun eater is wrapped around it. Solaris blows up the sun eater. And Superman's like, you killed him. And just starts punching it. Meanwhile. Yeah, that makes it very. <laughs> meanwhile, in Metropolis, Lex's niece is rolling out in some sort of tank thing. Solaris crashes down. And, you know, Superman makes this really interesting. He says, by the 24th century, I'm told you'll have been rehabilitated to work with humanity instead of against them. Re rehabilitation begins here, Solaris. There's a way to everyone to. Everyone's heart, and I can see yours. Solaris says, mercy. He says, you'll live. And then, I guess he punches it, because we see like a mushroom cloud, and then the color of Solaris has changed. Went from being like red with blue to now being like purple with blue. And then, basically, we have Lois and Jimmy kind of talking with Lex's niece. Um, today is the first day of the new world. She's trying to be all medical about how passe print is, all this. 
Superman comes flying to the Daily Planet, comes running in as Clark. So I got the whole, I got tomorrow's big headline. I wrote the whole thing. Clark passes out. <clears throat> and then Lex shows up flying, wearing, I actually like Lex's suit right here. But I feel like this, this issue, episode 11, it's pretty like heavy out there. And I feel like the connective tissue, we find about how Solaris has kind of been helping Luthor and Luthor's plan, you know, is, is very like lightly connected. You know, we find out Luthor reprogrammed the robot to get him the serum and all this stuff. We'll find out. I just feel like, wow, it's like really heavy that I'm almost like, huh. I didn't feel like I was invested in really understanding and grooving with the story. It felt disjointed. Right. Like I, wasn't I mean, as a it. single issue does. Like, I feel like you have to read this whole thing in one sitting to really enjoy it. To appreciate. I, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of how the overall narrative is. There's a few issues that are kind of like one off. The Bizarros. Like, uh, Bizarros. Issue 9. The Bar L. So, uh, issue issue ten is kind of like that because it doesn't have an antagonist. Nah, but I, I like issue ten. <clears throat> yeah, but it's, it's a, a really good up. issue. Yeah, it is. Because issue shows... eleven and twelve are like one big chunk. Yes, they are. So issue twelve, Superman and Excelsius, and this I think is neat. We get this kind of one of those where it's like. So Clark has passed out the Daily Planet. And basically, it's one of those, he's subconsciously like talking to his father about, oh, surrender and come with me. But you have to go back and fight evil. Um, here's the choice is simple. To remain at play within the fields of living fluid consciousness or to turn and face down evil one last time. And then we have Luthor tearing up the Daily Planet and Clark is on the ground. My favorite part is uh, you know, Lois is trying to say, I know what the powers are like and then he tells Jimmy to turn off that watch because Superman's not coming and obviously it's irritating him. We go back to Jarrell and Cal and you know, Jarrell makes a statement about and be reborn. And <clears throat> we now have Rebecca, the daily planet. <laughs> I do like Lombard's kind of confession, like apologizing to Clark for always treating him bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Luthor uses his super breast and knocks down Lois. And of course that's what pops Clark awake. Jimmy tries to fight Lex. And then, Clark, I do think this is cool where Clark sits up and is like, um, there's me, Lex. I think maybe you should stop threatening my friends. And he says, Kent. So the worm grows a spine to impress the girl. What is that? What's that you're trying to hide? And he's like this. It's a gravity gun. And he hits him with the gravity gun. And then this is what's funny is Everyone is still in denial that Clark Kent is Superman. 
It was like, I knew it. Didn't I say he was too buff to be Clark? And he says, <laughs> and you know, um, and he just stands up, takes off the glasses. Thanks for noticing those extra hours on the Stairmaster cat. We always keep a spare. Nice disguise, Superman. I guess you've been keeping the real Clark in your fortress all this time, right? But Clark's safe, Jimmy. And I'm just kind of like, so how do you explain Clark's gone when you die, Superman? Right. I'm like, that's... And then Luther's on the ground. Well, I mean, can't. if these... If everybody's going to believe that it's Superman impersonating when, when they're both gone at the same time, have no choice to believe. <laughs> They'll be like, nah. <laughs> But we have we have Luther on the ground. He's like Kent. No, there's that's an amazing idea. I should be writing these. And Luther gets hit by a security truck. He, you know, Luther using his powers, starts fighting with Superman. <clears throat> uh, he said, "Superman, do you ever think it would end with me looking down on you like this?" And Superman's like, "As a matter of fact, I had the whole thing paced out." To end pretty much exactly like this, Lex. Luther comes down. He says, but that's, he says, as you know, I've had to confiscate some galaxy's deadliest weapons. See how you're working 50 times harder just to stay in the air? But that's not why I chose the gravity gun. So they start fighting, and Luther is basically like, You die, I, if I die, you die. They go through a train. Luther basically knocks out Superman, drags him out so everyone can see, starts proclaiming everything to the world about his superiority. Then <clears throat> um, then at the end, Lex is like, this is like Lex has a breakdown. And I thought this was kind of reminiscent of kind of how we have this very interesting way things end in the reversal of like, say, Red Sun, where he has the letter you know, with the words that stop Superman, where Lex just starts breaking down and he says, um, it's so obvious. I can actually see and hear and feel and taste it. And the fundamental forces are all yoked by thought alone. Um, it's thought controlled. I can actually see the machinery and wires connecting and separating everything since it all began. He's like, this is how he sees all the time, every day. It's just us in here together. And we've got... And Superman is basically... No, he's trying to tell you how the gravity gun... Uh, I can't even talk. Accelerated his metabolism. And it's burning through his serum. And his 24 hours are up. And then this is where you get the um, Superman punches legs and he goes to pull out his other vial, which Superman has in his hand. And Lex says, I saw how to save the world. I could have made everyone see. I could have saved the world if it wasn't for you. And Superman punches him. And almost like he like breaks his neck of how hard he punches and like that just the way Luther looks in that panel. Yeah. It almost looks like he put his head on backwards. Like, exactly. 
And then Superman says, you could have saved the world years ago if it mattered to you, Luther. And that's like what you were saying. Um, Lois runs to Superman. And once again, I feel like this Lois, why I don't like it is she just doesn't listen to him and is in complete denial of everything that's actually going on. Um, he says, Superman says, it's strange. If he hadn't fatally overdosed me with sunlight, I wouldn't have had the power to attempt this final feat. No one but me can repair the sun, Lois, because Solaris betrayed Luther and turned the sun blue. So that should be taking a bigger toll on Earth right now, but whatever. He says, my cells are converting to pure energy, pure information, and I only have moments to save the world. That's more than you ever needed. I love you, Lois Lane, until the end of time. I love you, Superman. We see him flying. Lois is holding his cape. He's going at the blue sun. And what's neat is when he connects with the sun, it starts turning yellow. Then we kind of, I guess, flash forward a little bit. And it's Lois in the park with Jimmy. Jimmy has a rocket pack. The first time I read this, I didn't notice that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, so this time I was like, okay, Jimmy, smooth. And... You know, well, you know, Jimmy becomes the Rocketeer, don't you know? I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> this is where I say, like, Lois is just kind of like, she's like, it's been a whole year since he disappeared, and thousands of people just turned up to pay their respects. Lois is like, Superman's not de dead. Some people believe it, but I know he's up there building an artificial heart to keep the sun alive. He'll be back when he's done, Jimmy. And when he's done, he knows where to find me. And then there's like that image of Superman like in the sun pulling the mechanical bar. And I'm just like, that's, I don't, I just, I don't like that, Lois. Like, it's one thing to feel hopeful, but another thing is just feel like she's oblivious. Like, she doesn't really know what happened or what's going on. But, and then the last page is we're back on Dr. Quintum's lab and he's talking to his assistant. And what if Superman never returns? What then, Mr. Quintum? I wouldn't worry too much about that day, Agatha. Now that he knows how it's done, I th I'm sure we'll think of something. And it says Project 2. And it's the Superman shield with a 2 in it. And he's going to clone Superman. And But like we said, <clears throat> Superman is who he is as a person, not just the powers. So, I mean, that's the end of the book. It's, it's good, but I still feel like it's overrated. There's things I like in it. There's little parts. I mean, I think some of it, like you just, some of it's in there and I feel like it just wastes time to the overall story. It's like, you're trying to tell multiple stories. If you want to focus maybe more on just the Superman Lois and Lex story but I feel like you go in and out of so much and then you have other things that just happen for really no reason that feel like each issue is supposed to be a different challenge but then we go into where we have like two issues connect I, I don't know like there's parts I like and there's some I just feel like the storytelling got so abstract you forgot what you were reading about like the whole Solaris thing feels like it comes out of nowhere but they try to tell you that 
he was there helping Luther all along. Right. Well, I mean, it's there's there's so much uh, out of the books, like so much science fiction back sick at all different Superman. We've got the Superman fifth dimension, the unknown Superman. Um, right. You know, and there's and it's it's time travel Superman back to be able to spend that time with father when young and fought dad die and then you know get get Superman Prime that, that Superman at the end of the issue it's, he's with Optimus Prime <laughs> who is this Superman Superman followed one son. It's him from from when Grant wrote one mill, which I haven't got yet. Yeah, which I've read, but I don't really remember. And it's a, so I say Grant Morrison's a brilliant writer, but I think sometimes he's just so he's so smart that sometimes we're like, "Whoa, hold on, man!" Right. Well, there, there's, there's talk that you know all the Superman that writes is connected in some way across mm-hmm. across time. It's kinda of like how Scott Snyder's Batman is like connected to everything under the sun. Like his Batman stories are all connecting even though they breach in and out of continuity. They're all like his Batman. Mm-hmm. So So it's like the T shirt Superman starts at the very beginning of his career is the same Superman in one million years it's both Superman Prime save save chain son back that other stuff yep <laughs> so that is Superman all-star Superman and I'll let, I'll let the listeners. I mean, dear listeners, you know, what, you, what you, you have to read it. You know, have to read it, and that's it. You know, some people see Grant Morrison's name, they get up. Some people see Grant Morrison's name, it'll automatically have, uh, make them pick it up. So, you know, just it's definitely a must-read, even if you just read it once. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. You you have to read it at least once to say, I did it. Um, here's my thoughts on it. This is how I feel about it. And that's it, you know, like that's that's where you end it. Because all honesty, that's all we can do. But closing thoughts, James, anything else you want to throw in there before we head on out of here? No, no, I don't sell. So. Like I said, you know, definitely, definitely just got to read it. Um, somebody, you know, they, it's a must read at least once. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's not something I go back to read over and over again, but I'm glad to have read it again for our review, for our reviews, <laughs> um, and, and pick up things that, uh, I I didn't uh, recall before, like 
the 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 part of the issue with uh Varel where he talked about her eyes getting green. You know, it's it's a hint at the at the kryptonite poisoning that they have. I agree. There's I like it enough to read it every now and then, but I just it comes back to my just I get tired when people think this is the greatest Superman story there is. No, not to me. And you know, um, next month, dear listeners, we are going to be doing the review of the All Star Superman movie, which I have not watched in a while. I just remember watching it. Oh, I think when it first came out, and being like, "This is okay," and I'm just thinking, like, "Wow!" Like, there's a lot I felt like they left out. Um, I will be revisiting now that we finished the book. We are going to do a crossover with our friends Ray and Connor over at Last Sons of Krypton, and they. Was it last year? They reviewed the book. So you might want to check out their podcast to hear their thoughts on the book before we kind of dive in and talk about the film. So from us here at Krypton Report, like we said, read All-Star. Let us know what you think. And remember. Hey, it's Tyler. I just want to say if you're enjoying the Superman podcast, check out some of our other favorite Superman-based podcasts. We have the Inspiring Kryptonians, The Last Sons of Krypton, a new one that I discovered called Digging for Kryptonite, which is a great, great podcast, as well as my good friend Zach over to Always Hold On to Smallville, Luke, Bug, the Geek of Steel, at the Geek of Steel podcast, and of course my brother from another mother, Mr. Phil Parrish, over on Capes and Lunatics, who is the master of all things podcasting. So just check those out and enjoy. Do you enjoy listening to Southgate Media Group podcasts? Well, I know I do. And do you want to help support the shows? Well, the great way is you can help support the shows without having to give any more money. Just go to SouthgateMediaGroup.com. There's a link at the top to log into Amazon. Just log into your Amazon account, shop like normal, and part of everything that you buy goes back to help Southgate Media Group. It's simple, it's easy, and you're just doing the same thing that you usually do by buying stuff on Amazon. Logan!